11 a.m. Riley's being ignorant. David's trying to show us pictures of horse hooves with no feet on yeah, it. Yeah, that's <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> dude. It's <laughs> interesting. We're here to talk about Knives Out, the latest Ryan Johnson movie. The movie, Ooh. not the concept. Not the... Of taking knives out. Radiohead song. Is that a Radiohead song? Man. Everything... What? It is Riley. <laughs> but maybe our opinions Copyright will differ. infringement. <laughs> Maybe our opinions will differ so much that by the end of this podcast, we will be knives out. Right, please. We'll all be knives out at each other. <sighs> okay, guys. Oh. Let's go around the table. Give me, starting with Riley, what's your score out of 10 for this movie? And give me your little critics consensus Rotten Tomatoes slogan thing. Okay. My, you, my score is eight. No, no. What? Ah, what? Okay, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> do it in the other uh, order. Other order? <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to do it in the other order. Okay, fine. fine okay, fine. my score for this movie is 8.75 out of 10. Ooh. And uh, my slogan is "Knives Out," a better movie than the Last Jedi. All right, sure. <laughs> I got a, I got the same content and a slightly different take. Oh wow! <laughs> "Knives Out" is the best Ryan Johnson movie since Looper. Seven. Looper seven. <laughs> I'm giving this movie a oh, seven. Oh, see, no, see, you should have done it my way. I you do a, the score and then the slogan. When I pause, that means there's a period. The audience no. can hear that. You're just being ignorant. You sound exactly like Christian Bale in American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my score is an 8.1. Uh, it's a classic whodunit that asks not whodunit, but whodunit what? Hmm, not if you want to keep your spleen. <laughs> I, I, you, you did it, Riley. I'm, keep, I'm doing American no, Psycho. we can't have that movie. be our ongoing joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, for those of you uh, who need a refresher, spoiler alert, here's the synopsis. Yeah. The, the spoiler-filled synopsis. Spoilers. You know what? I'm going to do this. I'm Ooh. taking my braces up Disgusting. for this, Disgusting. And on the table. I don't need this anymore. Yeah, just <laughs> my clear Invisalign aligner is just sitting on the table. No coasters. Wow. It's just there. And we got, like, the sound of it, too. Okay, okay, okay. Let's keep that to a minimum. <laughs> All right. When old, rich, white guy Harlan Thromby <laughs> dies by apparent suicide, his eccentric, spoiled-ass family members try to secure their inheritance while a famed detective, played by Donald Craig, investigates suspected foul play. In an early twist, the audience has shown that Harlan was accidentally killed by his loving nurse, Marta, by a lethal dose of morphine. We follow Marta as she tries to conceal her involvement in Harlan's death from the detective while battling off Thromby family members vying for the inheritance that wealthy Harlan actually left solely to the extremely cute Cuban actress from the new Blade Runner, Marta. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great synopsis. Good job, man. And then what happens? Then we talk about it. Oh, man. I was, I was reading the reviews. Everybody loved this movie. Everybody loved it. Yep. And uh, t- much to my chagrin, just kidding. Look, guys, I didn't like The Last Jedi, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to come out and say that. But I loved I loved this movie. It was, was a, super fun. There's a few people uh, on IMDb saying the same thing. Like, There's a lot of people who are like, what? The rating is 6.8. That's just a bunch of Star Wars haters, fanboys who hate Ryan Johnson. Is it 6.8 on IMDb? It, that's what it was at the time of writing of the reviews that I read. It's currently at 8.1, which I think is more in Everyone's line. Everyone's losing their shit about how awesome it was, though. I'm just like, eh, it's okay. And you guys both liked it, too. I really liked it. I liked it, but not in the way of like, oh, that was an awesome movie. Oh, that was so cool. It was I, like, meh. I feel like this movie gives me what I want. I feel like it, I felt very satisfied by the end of the runtime. Like, I left the theater, and I was like, I feel good. That's And I like movies that do that. You know, that they're they're not super complex, super dark, super anything. They're just like... You, the people you want to win, win, and they win in a really satisfying way that makes sense in the side of the universe that the movie's built. 
and the characters you want to see lose lose really bad and like in a shameful way. And I I felt good about the ending of this movie. I actually agree with all that, but what's interesting is if I feel that way and if Riley feels that way, like I had a seven, and then Riley, you're like, yeah, this movie's like, eh, and that's an eight point five for you. Yeah. It is. <laughs> because I think watching the movie, I was like trying to find things that I didn't like about it. I was like, okay, I know this is a fun movie. I hate Ryan Johnson. It's a star-studded <laughs> cast. Uh, the characters are, are engaging. It's well-acted, well-directed. I was like trying to find things that I didn't like about the movie, and I couldn't find that many things that I didn't like about it, like objectively, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I came out of the theater being like, yeah, it was pretty good. I don't know. I guess but maybe did you I walk, should... Did you, both of you guys. I you, might rejigger my, my rating based on what you're saying. Did you walk into the theater and go, yeah, I want to get a snack? <laughs> or were you still <laughs> thinking about the movie? I want some donuts right now. Uh, to me, it was a movie where you walked out and you're like, yeah, that was uh, pretty good for what it was. And uh, I'm hungry. See, I think it's better than that. I think why it's so good is in the details. Like... Each the vi- you can see there's a vision behind every scene. Like every detail is important. Like the way the shots are framed is important. The way why they have less headroom for certain characters is important. Why they're aligning the heads to that big knife display. The way where they're putting their heads in frame. The reference to the shot that's changing according to like what your expectation is and what the director is trying to tell you. Okay, I, Mr. Cinematographer. Okay, David. Obviously, Louise. I didn't see any of that. Yeah. But I'm, why don't you tell us? I'm saying. I mean, this is a movie that like. After I finished watching it, I immediately want to watch it again because those details are there. And on the first viewing, when I don't know what the ending is, I don't know what they're foreshadowing. But I can tell that like those details, that level of like care and thought in each shot, each scene, each moment is really there. And I think that's why this movie succeeds is that it's not just like a mystery thriller suspense thing. It's like a really well-crafted movie that's telling its story. And like every part of the film tells the same story. It does a really good job like the costumes tell the story. Like the scenery tells the story. Like Wait, the shots tell the story. So, what is the shot where uh, uh, Benoit Blanc is sitting Blanc. Is sitting in that chair with all the knives pointing at him? What is that foreshadowing? I'm not sure. Smart and, guy. Uh, I think it's like he, as he's getting closer to realizing it. Like it starts where like all the heads are aligned at the edge because he doesn't know who's at the center of it all. But once he's kind of clicked for him, that's why he sits down right in the center and the shot isn't at an angle. It's right centered uh. on it. I don't know exactly. I'd have to watch it again and do a deeper analysis, but I am confident that those details mean something. But Ryan like, Johnson didn't do that. Yeah, he didn't do anything good. <laughs> his cinematographer did it. Yeah, but it's the cinematographer that he's worked on like every movie with. He's like, they both came to fame together. He so, worked on Last Jedi. So what you're saying, yeah, you guys hang with me. That doesn't make you cool. So what you're saying is he wouldn't, he wouldn't be famous if not for a cinematographer. You're right. It's all the cinematographer. Yeah, that's what I thought. What did you guys, I'm glad we can agree. So what did you guys think of the style <laughs> of the film? Like, did you think it had good style? Do you think it got in the way of telling the story? Like, what did you That's think? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. James? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm satisfied. I mean, a lot of people thought that it was weird that it's modern day and that doesn't work for them in a whodunit for some reason. Hmm. But I, that didn't get in the way for me at all. Except, okay, I don't want to talk with this. We're going to talk about this later, that whole, like, politics scene. But, um... The whole this, movie's politics, man. <laughs> David. <laughs> what are you talking Holy. about? 
Wait, it's what? all about the whole movie is about like inheritance versus yeah, earning. Yeah, and I think like that's yeah. like the general theme. So I think like the whole movie is about that, and it's not all about immigrants versus like native born. See, but I, it's all about that idea. I don't know because like when I was watching this movie, there's definitely those themes, right? There's definitely mm. these kind of like punctuated moments where it's like, ooh, they're talking about that. Yep. But on the whole, I got the feeling that it was like mostly just like a fun. It's mostly like a fun movie with a bunch of like. It's a mystery that you you know have fun trying to solve, and then the fact that there's these kind of like underlying themes about anti-immigration and like rich versus poor and all this stuff. Like, I feel like that's yeah. just kind of like a bonus so on top of it. For those who haven't seen the film, there's many mentions of uh, how Marta and her family are immigrants, and her mother in particular is an illegal immigrant, and the family are all native-born Americans that have earned their birthright of this inheritance. So I think. Is this immigration versus birthright? But the whole movie is about that. It's about mm. like a woman who's earned the love of this man versus the family that has not earned right. his respect or his this. And so even though not every scene is like a political scene, not every scene is like outwardly stated, I think this movie succeeds in having a consistent theme. It's not like they're jumping between like three or four different themes and like mixing up ideas. No, I, I completely agree. I loved the uh, theme of this, of the of the family members, like being so indignant <laughs> they're like what do you mean we're not getting anything like yeah. they've they've completely just lived off uh harlan thromby's you know generousness generosity yep. uh their entire lives and yep. the prospect of having that gone is like Whoa. Mm -hmm. like I, I loved it uh i love the the theme of like entitlement and like wealthy people thinking that they got there through their own merit yep. or like knowing that that's how they got there but not really caring and thinking that that should continue yep um, yeah, and obviously the whole movie, you know, it, it culminates with that theme by Marta standing on the balcony oh, in so what good. is now her mansion. Revealing looking the cup now. on the cup, revealing <laughs> my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. That yeah. was um that was I, great. I don't think we can progress too far in, into talking about this movie without talking about the cast. This is like one of the most star-studded casts for a moderate budget and film that's I've my ever problem seen with this movie. Really? Tell me about that. Tell yes. me about the problem you have, James. Let me tell you my whole story of approaching this movie. <laughs> saw the trailer. When I was a child. Thought it looked like shit. Yeah, yeah. I bad. saw the trailer. Really? Me and my wife are sitting there. We're both like, this looks like garbage. And what? Like, it looks so tacky there's, and cringe. There's a couple trailers that are okay and a couple trailers that are bad. They really... I, I didn't see any good ones. But then the reviews came out and everyone was... You know, yeah. singing its praises, and I was like, "Okay, I can Some movies aren't trailable. Sometimes they look stupid." Mm -hmm. I can understand how you thought that because the movie is super cheesy. Mm -hmm. It is, it is cheese to the extreme, and I and I could see how that like coming across in a trailer. You're like, "Oh yeah, oh and this, this looks horrible." Like they get Captain America to be like, "Eat shit, eat shit, eat shit." Yeah, I was just yeah. like, "Okay, big shock value." Captain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a big troll guy. <laughs> oh, what yeah. a twist. Yeah, yeah. I, I sat down and I was like, I'm gonna give this a fair shot. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was totally captivated for the first little bit there. I was like, oh, this is sick. I like this interview. So why is uh, <laughs> why is why is Daniel Craig keep hitting the piano and he's <laughs> talking like Kevin Spacey? Did you guys was there? Did you uh, identify any significance to when he hit the when piano? When he hits the notes, is the next lying? question they ask is when he hits the notes. The other cop asked the question, "What time did you arrive?" Oh, oh, I didn't pick that up. That's was, cool. That's a good detail. I, I, as I was watching it, I, I like the second time he hit the piano. I was like, "Oh, there's some significance to this. Like, what's happening?" And but I just like, I'm too ADD. I couldn't figure it out. No, uh, I just read it. I just read it. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like his performance. I think he's hilarious in the movie. There, uh, I had a few genuine chuckles. 
I think his well, accent, you're talking about Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, yeah. I think that his accent takes about 20 minutes to stabilize. And I don't know if that's because I know he's British and I'm like, I hear James Bond and I'm trying to parse that or if it actually was stabilizing. Did you guys? I thought pick, it was great the whole way. I hated it from the <gasps> get-go. I loved him. <gasps> now listen, listen, listen. When, the, when, he, <laughs> when he first arrives on screen, I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because like I'm... Like, I pay attention to accents a lot, and I was like, I can tell this is a fake accent. You know, it's like, I couldn't, I wouldn't believe this guy, this is his real accent for a second. Like, mm. not even. It would have been sick if there was, like, a credits scene, at the end of the credits scene, where he's just, like, walking away from the estate and just starts talking in, like, a regular American <laughs> yeah. accent. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, honestly, like, closed. honestly, while I was watching, I was like, this is, like, Daniel Craig doing Kevin Spacey from It's so House Kevin Spacey. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I have a theory. What I liked about the accent is that it's not real. You don't know if he's brilliant or an idiot the whole time until the end when he actually figures it all out. I wasn't sure. I'm like, is it? Are we supposed to think he's smart and like actually he's kind of like an idiot? And I thought that mm. like because of that accent, it's kind of like stereotypically like questionable of like people can be of questionable intelligence with that silly of an accent. Uh, I thought it really worked for I, me. I don't think so. I never it's had not that, that experience. It's, it's not that type of Southern accent. No, it's not like... That's like the refined aristocrat. No, yeah, sure. right. But it's it's silly in today's... Like, to have it against all these, like, normal American accents. I or like, like more that you had that experience of wondering if he's supposed to be dope or dumb. Yeah. But I didn't have that experience. I didn't think that. Oh, okay. And I think they should have put in a scene where... You, we basically... He's framed as, like, this famous investigator. It would have been cool if someone was like, mm, yeah, but did you hear this? Like, it might actually... That would have been great. Yeah. yeah. I would not be all There was enough scenes where if there was things that were happening that he should have noticed, like either reactions from Marta or, like, in particular, like, steps in the forest as to how they did it. And she's trying to cover up her steps as she's going. And there's a few times where I'm like, what she's doing is so silly and he should be picking up on it. Yeah. But he already knows because he saw the blood in her shoe. Right. That's true. I forgot He knew about she that. was involved the whole time. Yeah, but yeah. you had asked that me makes about sense. the characters and the cast. Yes. Tell right? me about that. So I'm sitting down. I'm, like, totally into it. I'm loving the characterization in those, in those like, intercut, uh, you know, interviews. But mm -hmm. then that was they're all so underutilized. You got Jamie Lee Curtis, you got all these awesome actors, and the characters are pretty, they develop at the beginning, I'm like, I know all their motivations, mm -hmm. but then the, because they use this kind of, it's an interesting twist on the whodunit uh, formula, where at the midpoint in the movie, they just tell us yeah. the murder yeah. happened this way, that's cool and inventive, but it's a double-edged sword, because what we lose then is all of the, at this moment, I think this person did it, oh no, at this moment, I think you did it, and we switch yeah. back and forth, because we never... We never think that. I totally agree where uh, once you find out that she kills it, killed him and she outright says it and you know that she's a reliable narrator, that the movie slows down and like it kind of suffers for a bit. But I think once Chris Evans com comes back in and that plot starts to change where he's trying to help her cover it up, trying to do that, I'm like, oh, this is a different movie now. I think it picked up steam again and I was really interested in that plot. And yeah. then by the end, it flips back around to being a whodunit. And I really found that satisfying where I was kind of like, oh, I wish it was like it ended with like, the inspector being like, well, based on this evidence, it's this conclusion. And it gave me that. And I was so happy and yeah. I felt so good. I at agree. The end. But the other side of that, other side of that coin is that we don't get scenes of like Jamie Lee Curtis questioning her brother and being like, hmm, and then, you know, getting to the bottom of it. We, we get the setup of these cool characters and then we never see them as individuals. We only see them as a noisy mob who's yeah. all against Marta. There was that scene where Walt, uh, you know, tries to fight. Um, What's his name? Uh, Don Johnson's character, Richard. They like have this like, oh, come on, you want to go? Yeah, and they that. have that little thing. But like, that's really the only time that we see a true kind of like inter 
familial conflict. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I would really would have liked to see some more like individual kind of uh, dynamics there instead of them having just just be this like big mob. I'm totally on the other side. I think they did an excellent job giving each of these characters like great characterizations with the very limited time they had. Like each character probably only gets like a couple minutes of screen time, but I knew them and like I knew which ones I wanted to see suffer. I knew which ones I wanted to like see redeemed. Mm -hmm. I knew like a lot about it. And like I found the comedic beats with the family are great, like the individual ones, but also the group ones. And like I was laughing out loud, like when uh, whatever the line is like, oh, like the Nazi masturbating in the bathroom. I like like I that laughed. Was, that was, it was hilarious. There was some great. There were a bunch great of great I totally dynamics. agree with you. I'm, all I'm saying is like, I think I agree with you that they maximized everything for what they were doing. They maximized all those parts that you're talking about. Yep. So they were great. But they still had to pay a cost because they went the way that they did with this like twist reel. Yeah. yeah. And that cost was I don't get yeah. as much time There's for a good, each character. Yeah, that's fair. There's a good quarter of the movie where it's Marta, Chris Evans, and Daniel Craig's movie. Interestingly, oh, I noticed in the theater I was in, within a five-minute period, three different people around me pulled out their phones. Whoa. And what part was, of the film was it? It was like right after the bulk of the interviews were done and the um, – what was happening at night? There was like a moment. <laughs> as soon as it's I wrote revealed, this down. I wrote this down. As soon as, as, soon as it's revealed that Marta yeah, did she tells the wrong story, medication, yeah. like like we find out who did it, they're Which, just like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here for the reveal that. reveal scene is awesome. I really felt it when Wait, she... when James she's is saying something. But he's looking for his No, I got notes. it here. Okay. It David. was at the when Mark when Marta's on the balcony at night during the memorial, and she has a little conversation with... Uh, with Mr. Blanco or whatever his name is. Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Oh, she's trying to get away. The, right? At that moment, like the guy in front of me took out his phone uh, to the extent that I had to go phone and he put it away. <laughs> 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 and then a guy like way off to the right. And like they all did it. They all got bored at the same Interesting. Time. But I wasn't bored at that point yet. Huh. I can definitely see how people could get bored. There were like, I think you, because you don't expect the reveal to come when it does and you don't expect the further twists that come yeah. later. I think it, there is there's probably a tendency in in people yeah. who like aren't fully you know engaged to yeah. be like oh, all right I'm bored. I do think that's a moment where like my joy was kind of sucking away from me because I liked Marta I like Benoit Blanc and I didn't like that he was going to be against her it was going to be them versus each other her trying to cover up this crime and him trying to figure it out I was worried about that and it, it kind of sucked my joy from the movie and I think the movie is generally like very joyful and fun and simple yeah and that was a moment I'm like uh oh it's gonna go dark. To go back to the characters for a second, how do you guys feel about how over the top they were? Like, we already talked about uh, Daniel Craig's character a little bit and how it was like, you know, it takes you a second to get used to it. But like, did you did you guys feel like when during the interviews and stuff that we were like, oh, okay, what kind of movie is this? I liked Based it. On... No, I think it fits the genre. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's not that unrealistic. Like, I don't know if, how stable your family is, but I, <laughs> you know how in families, grudges are just like decades long. And mm, whenever yeah. they have a fight no, about I something have a, happening, I have a perfect family. I, th I thought so. <laughs> I met your father. He's a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. But like my my family members, like my auntie, and my mom will fight about something. Yeah. That's just yeah. like a thing happening right now. But it right. always ends with being like, "She's done this since we were fourteen years old." Ma ma ma. Yeah. Oh my. And I absolutely. It's, it's definitely genre appropriate. Like you watch any like whodunits, and they're all caricatures. Like I mean, Clue is a terrible example. Caricatures. But like, caricatures uh <laughs> murder on the orient express like as they're introducing the characters or like hey i'm a rich guy and i've got a prostitute right here ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so like every, it's pretty normal for that they're they could have just cast caricatures. foghorn leghorn as the detective and it would be fine who the heck's foghorn leghorn 
<laughs> that's too many horns for one name. That's the, is that a name? No, that's he. They they say in the movie that Daniel Craig's accent, the um, ransom, makes fun of his accent for oh, sounding yeah. like Foghorn Leghorn. He's the yep. big chicken guy from Looney Tunes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. rooster. Yeah, big rooster. Speaking, he talks of exactly like that. That's true. All I was gonna say about the 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 characters and them being over the top is that it did like. I agree that it, it's appropriate for the genre, but it did take me out of it a little bit. Like I was wanting to be immersed here. And I felt a little bit like I was watching an SNL skit, like a really long <laughs> SNL skit, you know, yeah. where it's like, all right, this is a serious murder mystery, you know, but you have, uh, you know, you have the, uh, the blonde, uh, what's her name? Joni. Oh yeah. On Joni. She was just like, okay, you're over the top. And then there's the SJW university student, the alt-right. Apparently that other alt-right cousin. dude was based on, uh, critics Last of Star Jedi Wars. Trolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, well, honestly, I wish they did a bit more with him. Like he was basically just used as the butt of a joke a couple times. I think it's fine. That's what I'm so, saying. But there's so many family members. I think like you could spend more time on them, but it'd be a very different movie. And I yeah. think you might get there might be too many jokes, and some of them start failing. And it's risky, I think, to go with more of the family dynamic. And I think I like how succinct it was. What were you saying about Ransom? You had a. Did you guys like him? Did you hate him? What kind of name is Ransom? Terrible. I know. Is there a D in there? That honestly felt like no, such Ransom. a. That felt like such a film student. Yeah. Like weird inclusion just for the sake of having kind of like a weird name. Yeah. It was also kind of foreshadowing in a way. It's like, obviously, this character is the most important character. Yeah. yeah. He has the most mystery surrounding him. His he's name's like Ransom. He's a, like he's a very famous person. He's super cool. He's got a cool name. Like. Oh, and then they set him up as being like antagonistic, like everybody hates him. Obviously, yeah. it was him, and it turns out being him. Like, in the in the bathroom of the theater, I I heard somebody say, "Oh, it was obviously going to be ransom." But that's okay. And, and I was like, and I was like, I didn't honestly think of that because yeah. I think that Ryan Johnson did such a good job in this movie of taking you along for the ride and not really giving you too much time to guess. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I feel like a lot of the time with them with the Who Done It. You're kind of like, oh, I think it was the the maid. I totally. think it was the butler. Like, but like yeah. in this scenario, I didn't really feel like I had enough mental. Totally. Well, it's because you're, you're bandwidth. He keeps switching what the question is. It's yeah. not like who was the person that killed him. It keeps switching. Like, well, was he killed? Was it actually suicide? Was it this? Was it that? Uh, and I think Chris Evans is great. I think he's perfect for this role. Uh, I don't like the eat shit scene. I thought that was like a little bit too much. But the scene when they're reading the will and Frank Oz is there sitting like everybody's like nobody's getting anything it's all going to marta and he just laughs yeah yeah oh i love that scene and it's actually really endearing because you're so on marta's side yeah that, like that he goes full tilt and like is with you on that side right. made made me like him a lot and i actually like bought him as like maybe he is a good guy yeah. maybe he's better than maybe the rest of the sure, he's misunderstood yeah because he's been absent while you've seen the other characters being assholes then he shows up, and, and you and you know that he's Harlan's like favorite, even though they have yep. their squabbling. He's the only one who's like an individual, yeah. right? Who's like, I don't care about the money. I'll still say up yours to the old man. Yeah. So he's totally likable. Yeah. So mm -hmm. in that sense, it's kind of a switcheroo where you're like, oh, everyone said he was bad, but maybe he, he can't be a bad guy. He's actually the coolest one. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. Like it's a double, double cross. If bad people are saying he's bad, maybe yeah, he is more complex than we think. I, I like Chris Evans being cast for that. Yep. But for me, the in terms of the overall movie, in terms of like, was it straight across? It was fun the whole way or like ramping up the whole way. I actually thought that when they got when he when Marta got in the car with Chris Evans ransom and they were like doing the car chase stuff and then driving around to those different locations. That's when I was like, yeah, it got lame. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought the movie got pretty lame at that point. The car chase was fun. 
It was I, okay. It I really, was a brutal car chase. It was the worst. And the only saving grace is that a character in the movie actually said, that was the worst car chase yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, thank God you but said I, that. Well, I think it would have been super lame if they didn't have that line. I think they should have doubled down on it being super terrible. Like, I think, I like the joke. I like that worse, payoff. Yeah. But yeah, it could have been visibly worse. Yeah, um, yeah It's like they, they shot the car chase. It didn't turn out that great, so like, okay, we have to get out ahead of this thing. <laughs> and so they they write in a line where someone is self-aware of it, because if they actually wanted to be the worst, lamest car chase ever, it could have been more lame. And then you could have had the passenger who's not driving just, just face palming, like, oh my god. I you know, and this is this is something that I've noticed in well, I noticed it a lot in The Last Jedi. I need to rewatch Looper, but this movie as well does this, where Ryan Johnson tends to um purposefully take you out of the movie mm. for a second. Like, break your immersion for half a second. Like, when that guy said, that was the lamest car chase ever, you as the audience, you, like, it almost makes sense as if he's just mm, talking to yeah. the audience. Like, hey, it's guys. not completely we fourth know, wall yeah. breaking. And I think, no, 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 for sure. But I think there are moments in that I've identified in this movie and in other movies where- That in, happens in, in Star in Wars? Last, in The Last Jedi, it happens a lot. Oh, wow. I mean, We'll talk about this when we talk about Star Wars, but a lot of that so is... get subscribed, yeah. smash that <laughs> like button, hit the bell. But um, that was a you know there's another part of the problem I had with the over-the-top acting, I think, in this movie, was mm. the fact that like I was reminded again and again that I'm watching a movie. Mm. I'm not in this... like I'm not as immersed as I could be in this story. Well, it's, I'm it's like, part movie, part puzzle. It's, is that what you're saying? Well... Like, you have a different mental approach to this movie because you're kind of trying to solve it? See, but I, that's my thing. I never try to solve these movies. Mm. Like, I, I i think there's, like, a part of me that, like, wants to try and figure it out while I'm watching it. You're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit lazy. They'll tell me. <laughs> They're going to tell me by the end. Well, I think that I know that, like, any guess that I have is probably going to be wrong because, you know, there's red herrings and mm. stuff. Like, they, they, it's designed to take you on this journey, right? Mm. You're not supposed to be able to guess what it is. So I'm like, ah, I'm just not going to try and guess. I like to be taken along on the on the ride. Uh, when we were talking about like the the over the top characters, I think that kind of break broke it for me a little bit. Like I like a movie being funny, but I think when I'm thinking more about an actor's performance than I am about the story or like what's happening in the movie, then then I yeah that's 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 a bit funny. of a world breaking. Wasn't funny. What? I laughed out loud like twice. That's you being There's the soulless of, monster. I wrote it in my notes after watching this. I'm not just saying this now to be controversial. Did like, you laugh at the donut bit? Yeah, that was good. Where he's like. I thought this was a donut. <laughs> but it was a donut inside and, a donut. And I thought I had and a thought, donut oh. hole that fit perfectly into the donut. See, I strongly disagree. I think this movie is very funny. And there's lots of good jokes, like between the family dynamics. There's good, like, Daniel Craig jokes. I laughed many times. And my, the audience I was with was laughing, too. Like, there was a dude laughing harder than me. And I'm the, usually the hardest laugher in a movie. So. I'm not saying I didn't laugh. And I'm not saying I didn't chuckle. Like, there are many jokes. And I went, like internally at most of them <laughs> but i just i didn't actually open my mouth and laugh more than twice that's fair mm. monster <laughs> um the only part i truly remember like laughing out loud at was the donut bit but there are other parts where i'm sure i was kind of like huh yeah there's some there's some good jokes but back to kind of your point where it's, i think brian johnson in this movie in particular the perspective isn't a character's perspective you're not watching the story from one character's perspective you're watching it from the author's perspective or from the director's perspective and you're seeing different people's what's going on in different people's mind. And they set that up, I think, beautifully in the interrogation scenes in the first like the first sequence of interrogations, how the people are telling these stories and you're seeing the flashback from their perspective. Like you see there's the Harlan with 
whoever's telling the story right beside him smiling and it's beautiful. And then the next person will tell the story and it's the same shot, but with different people there because yeah. from their perspective, that was funny. they're the valued child. And I think that's, that's something this movie does really good is perspective. And it's because it's kind of the authorial perspective, they can set you up with these unreliable narrators. Where I would say, I would say we, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Finish. they set you up with these unreliable narrators. Like in the interrogation scene, you know that these people are kind of lying, kind of lying to themselves. But then they set up one character, the only character in the movie that you can trust, and her perspective is truth, and that's Marta. And I think that's a brilliant thing that this movie does, is that it's yeah. an authorial perspective that's switching. It's, the movie doesn't start from Marta's perspective, but it switches to that. And like, right. Yeah, I don't know. I just I was gonna say, I was going to say that, that like maybe the first interrogation scene is like not from anyone's perspective, but the whole rest of the movie is from Marta's perspective. That's what do you guys think of that, that truth puking dynamic, the little mechanic I was just going to say. What's up with that? I thought that was, a li- I mean, it's fun. It's silly. And, that's, and that's, that's a great example of why I think this movie is fun, but not necessarily like, I, you can't take it too seriously. No. Yeah. Because that's clearly a contrived... It's a fun device. device. Yeah. It's a total it's a, device. It's a great, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. I, th- I think it works for telling the story. But and it's, it's like, satisfying. is that a real thing? Is that a real thing no, in real life? I don't think so. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So it just kind of like takes you out, you know? To me, it fits in that universe of that movie where everyone is what universe? This the The Star Wars Knives Out universe. It's combined. <laughs> it was sweet at the end how she like told a lie and then just held it in her mouth or something. And they like set a- that up earlier where she lies to Daniel Craig and then she holds it enough that she can puke in, pri- she can puke in private into her cup. So you know that like she's getting better at lying, which is also another thing that this movie does amazing, that she's getting worse. She's becoming a worse person in this movie because of what's going on, because of this money. She's kind of towing the line with becoming like the family. But at the end, she makes the right decision and does the right thing and proves that she's a good person. And that's what wins the day. Well, is I'm that glad she's you brought up her perspective because I was I walked out of the theater being like, did she change at all in this movie? Like, does she have any kind of journey that she goes on? She starts off being like, I'm really nice and I always do the right thing. And then she ends like that as well. I guess she wavers throughout, mm-hmm. like you're saying, but like all in all, there's not a whole lot of character development. I, I can't disagree. I mean, she doesn't have a huge arc where she's a completely different person. She gets like a little bit of strength, an ability to kind of like push back, I think a little bit more. Uh, but I think that's, Fine. I think this movie isn't trying to show how much change she has. Is that being a good person is the right thing to do? And like, wow. when when you're when you're in a situation set up by a murder mystery writer, uh, you can you can come out on top by being a good person. But you can't just you can't just wef- waffle away the uh, the lack of character development by saying, "Oh, we learned something else in the movie." Like, I think there should. I think that's a that's a con. That's fair. I think to me, she when you're changes watching a little it, bit. Okay, little maybe, bit. maybe if she had been on that balcony, like we didn't get a determination of whether or not she's gonna relinquish any funds to these other people or she's gonna take care of them at all. Yeah, they didn't tell us that. Yeah, which is maybe the only open-ended thing in this goddamn movie at all. Because <laughs> I walked away being like, "Cool, they spoon-fed me all these little like plot points, oh, I love and them. it's a totally nice gift wrap package at the end." But there's nothing for me to think about now. There's nothing for me yeah. to say on a podcast about it. And, and <laughs> I think, just, I think but that, yeah. the only thing that remains is, well, she's staring at them there on their balcony. Is she going to give them any money? If yeah. she had decided, hey, screw you guys, get off my property, then there would have been character development because then we would have known, holy crap, she's as bad as them. No, as we're talking about this movie, I want to downgrade it. Sure, that's fine. Yes. To like yes. a, a 7.5. I think it's better than that. I think like... I think you are not right. That's fine. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> Do it. Um, <laughs> Seven. I, yeah, I just find this movie supremely satisfying in what it's doing. And like at the end, so they gift wrap all those answers. But to me, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's like so satisfying. Like 
and they set it up so good. Like Jamie well, Lee's, Jamie thing. Lee, Car- Curtis's character, she's not the worst of the family. Like, she's she had a real relationship with her father where she learned from him, grew from him, and was able to build her own thing. So when she's cut out of the inheritance with a one million dollar loan, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, when she's cut out of the inheritance, it's not like she's being punished as hard as Michael Shannon, who has no redeemable characters. He's just kind of pathetic and mean and has raised this alt-right son. And like he, that punishment, although equivalent, is way more severe on him. And I think the movie does a good job of setting that up, that the dad cut off everybody, but based on what their characters are, it's a different punishment. And I think that's a strength of the movie. What would you do if you were Marta? Keep the money. Like you just cut these people all out. Like, see you later. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cut them all out. I'm. I'm too soft. You nice little Kazakh baby. I would give him something. I would give the daughter Meg something to go to school with. Fifty thousand each. <laughs> wow. That's it. I mean, practically speaking, they've got this business to run, and yeah. you've got the one son who's been doing that. And actually, he wants to do more with it. He wants to do like Netflix movies and stuff like that, yeah. but the dad's never let him. I would just say, dude, you get to keep your job. Keep your job, yeah. make your movies, run the business. You know how to run the business? I don't want to take, I'm a nurse. I don't want to run this business. Well, that's an interesting question because it was, she knew that it was Harlan's intention to not have him keep on the business. So is that her job to oh. uphold his will? Wait, did she know that? Yeah, she did. She knew all of why they were all being cut off. There's scenes where like, Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. They, they show why they're being cut off. And yeah. he's like, oh, here's why he's cheating. Here's this. Here's she that. was truly his confidant. Yes. And so is it her job to uphold that or to like kind of do the nice person thing and let them have something? That's interesting because it's her own moral compass that got her where she was. Mm-hmm. And so you might say that she should just continue living that way. I will say that that... That is truly, that was one of the best moments of the movie for me when like the, it's the, I mean, it's not really a reveal, but when, um, the, uh, Daniel Craig tells her to her face, like you didn't win by, you know, being sneaky and being selfish. Like you are a good person yeah. and you came out on top because of that. Yeah. I was like, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's wow. wholesome. And like, that's wholesome. Does, I yeah, like wholesome like, things. Totally. I like that this movie is wholesome. It's got like despicable people in it, but like yeah. wholesomeness wins. And I love that. In the end, wholesomeness wins. I'd cut out his eldest daughter. Like, she has her own business. She's already rich. Take a hike. Whatever. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Mm. But then the like her husband is cut off, too. And I, I like that reveal, too, that it was written in invisible ink. The, so the That was great, actually. Yeah. Harlan writes to his daughter, and they, they have a correspondence through letters. And they set up earlier that she has had to play games on by his rules. And so when the husband finds this letter and intends to destroy it, that reveals that he's cheating on her. Uh, it's blank. And you're like, oh, he was just, Harlan was threatening to cut off this cheating son, or son-in-law. But it was a bluff. Uh, but Did it was it, a bluff. It was written in invisible ink, which was their game. And I think that's a great, again, a great payoff that she, her punishment is not nearly as bad because she had a real relationship with him. There was more foreshadowing than that. It oh. was There was more foreshadowing than just the fact that she plays games with her dad and everybody did. Uh, when that letter is opened and he turns it over and it's blank. You can see a shimmer yeah. of the lettering. Oh, I didn't yeah, see yeah. that. I noticed that. I, like, I, there I is something it, written yeah. on it. I've, right away, yeah. I was like, that's got invisible ink on it. Yeah. Which this is, is a mystery. Yeah. There's no blank notes. But it's great. There's like, always invisible ink. And he's one of the, like, the least likable characters. He's kind of a doofus, and he's an asshole. And like, he's Richard? great. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. he's uh, anti-immigrant. And yeah. So like, it's great. You get to see him cut off not only from the inheritance, but from his wife. And you're like, this is yeah, a great. Screw um, that guy. Did you guys... Uh, did this did this story have to take place in the modern day? No. Well, that's the interesting question. That was the other ha- problem. They have a very modern day conversation about politics yes. in the living room, and I was just like, it was very on the nose for me. I didn't know if I, I didn't find it funny or anything. And yeah. then, and then I heard or saw some discussion that was like, 
well, this makes it less timeless because this is such a timely discussion that they're having. Mm. And if this is going to be a cult classic, which it could be, and people watch it every five years, the next 20 years or whatever, like, does that make it age? Does it make it better or worse? Well, my problem was that it wasn't, it wasn't modern enough. Because, mm. like, I think the old, the part of the whole concept of this was to take the, you know, uh, murder mystery and bring it into the modern era. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what Ryan Johnson said he wanted to do is to make a modern twist on the whodunit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't feel like this was that. Like, other than the couple places where they used cell phones. <laughs> They email, email me the place and time to meet for <laughs> and them, I think that, the ransom. Well, honestly, yeah. Well, the email, and that could have been that could have been a mail piece of mail or a note or whatever, mm. you know, like... Or an email from 1992. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got mail. It's been in the internet this whole time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I feel like that was a big, that was well, a big what, issue what I had with want? it. Well, I like want... Like a robot maid or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I don't know, something something to do with themes about uh, that we're dealing with today. Yeah, AI would be an interesting thing to bring in there, maybe. Like, I don't know, personal assistance, uh, social media. I actually walked out of this thinking, this movie would have been so sweet. The exact same thing, except instead of being in a kooky house, it's on a battle station the size of a moon, and all the characters, it's just Star Wars characters. <laughs> That's no battle station. That's, That's a who moon. Done it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a murder mystery. See, yeah, yeah, I think I was I was walking in expecting something a little more modern, but, and and as soon as, as soon as we had that interrogation scene with the different characters, I'm like, these characters could be transplanted into a 70s or 80s or whatever. Easily. Like, Which is uh, crazy. Other, other than some and then, lingo like and then, you're a snowflake. And then Benoit Blanc opens his mouth and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> are, are, is this a 40s movie? What mm. is this? I, I would argue that it's not timeless. I would argue that it feels dated. Like it feels like it's in a from a previous era. And I think that was the problem. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not that it like, oh, I want it to be, I want it to not, yeah. I, wa- I, I don't want it to be timeless. I think where I disagree, or I, where I agree is that, yes, it's meant to feel like a classic whodunit. So it's like either like the, the 50s, 30s, 20s, like a previous generation, but the filmmaking is much more slick. The pace is much higher. And it's it's got the filmmaking trappings of a current movie. And so it's watchable by a modern audience without like a, a retro filter. Then but, why do they involve all those current politics? Because that's what's important. I think it's an important... That was not important at all. That didn't need to be in the movie at all. That's, that's true. Yeah, they need to have like, like a conflict and we get to get some characterization from that scene, but like it didn't need to be so on the nose at all. But I, I mean, like that's not that weird to have like current day situations in. And like that's a thing that's been going on a long time. And like I think the idea of like of, of racism or like xenophobia uh, through what the current political climate today isn't something that's going to age badly. Like there's still going to be xenophobia in 20 years. There's still going to be like... Hatred for, I don't know, like whatever the next uh, lie, like wave of of illegal immigrants is. Like, there's all that's still going to exist, and just because like it's part of our current news cycle doesn't mean that that idea is going away. Okay, sure. I mean, they specifically are talking about Trump and everything but name, so it's kind of like it's pretty specific. Yeah, but I guess I agree with you. They say there's literal Nazis on the streets, which is something happened that actually happened. Yeah. And there probably will be in another 40 years. So with this all-star cast, did you think that, like, yeah, everybody was good, but did anybody stand out and slay it? Like, is anyone going to get a best supporting or best actor in this movie? I don't think so. I think it's such an ensemble thing. Uh, I don't think Mm -hmm. there was any particularly strong. I thought there was a few weak performances. Uh, Like, Ricky Lindholm, I thought was kind of, like, distracting. Who's that? That's uh, Okay, the guy with the cane, his wife. His wife, I thought was Wasn't she, like, just background? She had, like, no lines? Yeah, she had a couple lines, but I always found her 
took me out of it. I thought like everyone else is such like deep characterizations in such a short amount of time. And she just was like anxious mom. How much would it suck to be that actress? You know, like you're in this like star studded cast. Doing and, like, nothing, all, getting yeah, money. You're just like have a couple lines. <laughs> yeah. Wait, doing nothing. Okay. So maybe it would be awesome. But from an artistic perspective. I'm sure she's booking the next movie where she can do more. Um, Did you guys, I think that Anna de Armas, yeah. Marta, is kind of like, she's great, but she's kind of one note. Yes. In this movie. Yes. She, all she was just like, be on the brink of tears the whole time. Yeah, like, she is really great at playing a particular kind of character. That's another thing that I haven't really managed to say yet. There were parts of the movie where I was like, she's the weakest part of this movie. Interesting. And I think because she does such a great job of playing that, like, panicked, kind of, like, scared help, you know, <laughs> the help. <laughs> and uh, the rest of the characters are all super eccentric and, like, over the top. Mm -hmm. And she was doing a really good job of playing this, like, realistic portrayal of, like, a, a scared person and uh yeah i don't know i i felt, it felt a little dissonant that's fair that she's kind of more grounded and real versus everyone that's so cartoony i think i would disagree and say she's not one note i think she does have like definitely layers where like she does kill or she thinks she kills uh harlan before that like you see her strength you see her playfulness you see why and like in different cutbacks you see why he likes her so much is that she's smart and cutting in this mm. and like in the scene when michael shannon is in her apartment uh, and he's trying to intimidate her into giving the inheritance back. She pushes back. She doesn't just like shy away. She like she's like nah, get away. No, but she does it quietly. She goes. Then I guess I have the resources. And then she like goes into her room. She's not like yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that's. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think, think that would... I re require that that's to be not strength. Her character. Yeah. I think that she's strong, strong in her own way. And I think I think I, I would say that there's she does a really good job being grounded, but still being complex. And I don't know. I, I just disagree that she's one note. Okay, well, I've said everything uh, well, I want to say whatever. about this movie, so... Oh, the one thing I did want to say before we end ah, is, we is uh, that in Ryan Johnson's script, he apparently des uh, described Benoit Blanc's accent as the gentlest southern lilt possible. What is a lilt? <laughs> <laughs> what is I a lilt? <laughs> a characteristic rising and falling of the voice when speaking. It, it, a accent, accent. accent. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> but apparently they had so much fun with Daniel Craig just going completely over the top while filming this yeah. that he was just like, all right, let's do it. And Ryan Johnson was, uh, he, he said he was like even a little bit scared that like the producers wouldn't like it because it was so over the top. So I don't know. Again, I just have to make clear. I didn't like that it was so over the, his accent was so over the top. It's fun. It's definitely fun. But I think it's a recurring theme for me in the limited amount of Ryan Johnson fare that I've seen. Uh, is is a tendency to go for something because it's fun, even at the expense of the Decades overall experience. Decades of Star Wars canon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And that leads us. All right, this movie too. was fine. Everyone liked it. Go see it, I guess. But I didn't jizz in my pants. <laughs> Nobody did. It's good. Go see it. Yeah, I definitely. Did. I don't yeah. usually do that. So that's uh, well, during the last average Jedi. experience. That's I'd for say. me. Last Jedi coming up, guys. We're gonna do a bunch of Star Wars podcasts soon uh, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. the movie coming out. We're gonna do an episode before the movie comes out. I think. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's gonna, gonna be he very heated because we can basically talk about the Last Jedi and then the Rise of Skywalker. Nerds. Yeah. I'm right. a huge Star Wars nerd. It's gonna be. You're not that big, dude. I'm swole. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>